I'm out of gray. Shout out to all my Crips. Shout out to all my Bloods, my GDs, BDs, Vice Lords, SAs, Asians, you understand me, Samoans, Togans, everybody that um has a hand in gang banging. And I'm going to shout these people out because we got a similar struggle. I come from gang culture myself. That's another story, but... I wanted to tap in a couple misconceptions and some truths about gangbanging and the lifestyle that comes along with it. The reason why people join gangs and some misconceptions about it. So let's let's have a conversation. I'm going to put y'all up on something because we're in the uh, information age and a lot of information is wrong. And with wrong come with wrong information comes bad judgment. First thing I would say to you, it's different now because we have viral shit. So you got, you know what I mean? Privileged kids in suburban areas that are throwing up gang signs and saying they're this and that. But we're talking about gang banging at its truest form. You know, 70s, 80s, 90s, that type of gang banging. Early 2000s, not this shit. So gang banging like... If you do your research, you understand gangbanging started as protecting your neighborhood. Simple as that. Um, I can't tell you from every perspective. I'm not that old, but I'm aware of a lot of things. And, you know, I could tell you in Compton, um, you know, in Southern California, gangbanging came as gangbanging came in in a couple of ways. Um the first ways was, you know, gangs were derived from the Black Panthers. That's documented. You understand what I'm saying? When the when the Black Panthers were destroyed, the gang banging came out. Not the gang members, but the actual banging. It came out when the Panthers got obliterated by the government. When you start to look into specific sections of cities and stuff, you understand that there was a white gang. In Southern California called the Spook Hunters. There was others also, but this was one of the more prevalent ones. And the Spook Hunters, what they used to do is if they caught black people in their neighborhood or we'll say their side of the tracks, they was dumping on them. They was beating them up, chasing them, killing them, all of that. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of the kids in these uh neighboring neighborhoods, you know, in close proximity to these white domestic terrorists, they formed up together. Um, to provide safety for each other. And, you know, they became, in parentheses, a gang. So you have to understand that the first thing that brings people into the gang life is necessity, protection. You know what I'm saying? When we're talking about that type of stuff. It's, it's the protection element because it's strength in numbers. Gang banging coming from an impoverished area where there's not a lot of motion. No one's got anything going on. You know, understand what I'm saying? Everybody's poor. So if you're poor and you go out into the rest of the world, say you go off to school and your status is being measured by what you're wearing. You know what I'm saying? What you're driving, what kind of car your parents drop you off. If your parents even have a car, it doesn't matter what set of society that you're in. If you were to pull up in sixth, seventh grade and you got holes in your shoes and you got you know what I'm saying? Just nothing to offer visually. 
you're going to be outcasted. You, you're going to be picked on. I hate to say bullying because that's like some new shit, I think, that gets blown out of proportion, but you're going to be outcasted. So as a hood kid, what do you have if you don't have any sort of, you know, financial backing? A lot of people say, well, let's just let's just be direct. You know, and this is after gang bang kicked off, but listen to the locks, money, power, respect. Them things go hand in hand. So being a poor person, you don't have the money. That means you don't have access to the power and respect will escape you. So what do you have to offer? What can you put out into the world that's going to have the world see value in you when you come in these areas? So in the hood, we make something out of nothing. We make little shit into big shit. You understand what I'm saying? It's damn near some Jesus shit where niggas is turning water into wine, you know? And what we do have is our morals. We have our respect. And we have aggression because, you know, these are bad situations to grow up in and things that we're seeing and things we're going through that shouldn't have to. Like, you come up in them eras, them neighborhoods, you understand what I'm saying? You're borrowing groceries from the neighbor, embarrassed to ask them for it. You might have a power line running through the back window because your shit cut off, they shit on. You understand what I'm saying? So what you do is you barter respect and honor. You see what I'm saying? So when the gang comes to recruit you and they say, you know, you have nothing to offer anybody else, but what you can do is show aggression and you can show honor, loyalty, and then gain some respect. So all the gang wants from you I won't say all the gang wants from you. I'll say all joining the gang requires is to have heart. You just, you know what I'm saying? You just got to have heart. So if you got heart and you got busted shoes and you got fucked up clothes and you broke, the gang is still going to accept you, whereas society's going to outcast you. So you got heart in this gang and they'll, they'll bring you in. And we get brought in. Now you have friends. These friends, you're going to go on a ride with them, be in situations with them. You're going to see them more like family. And that's why people get so, you know, serious about the gang banging shit, because to us, to them, this is a relative. You know, you don't get to choose who you're related to, but you can choose your your brothers in the street. You can choose your brothers or sisters that's, you understand what I'm saying, that's going through a, a similar situation. So with the only currency being... You know, you will stand on it. People get drawn into it. And then what happens is more and more people draw into it and powers in numbers. So when you build the gang up, now you got a little bit of power because when you go to school, them three or four kids that was picking on you because you had holes in your shoes, they not going to fuck with you anymore because it's 30 motherfuckers that got holes in their shoes, too, and they all going to press a line. So... You know what I'm saying? You go from no money still now, but you got respect, right? Maybe it's rooted in fear, but it's respect. The problem with the power aspect of it is power corrupts. You understand what I'm saying? So when you start getting these numbers up and now it's like the rabbit got the gun because the people that was outcasted, they're now running shit. They're coming through, pressing the line. You know what I'm saying? Hogging shit, doing what they want. And people can't do nothing about it. So now... Now they become the aggressors and the other people that was previously aggressors, they're not the victims. You understand what I'm saying? So being someone that has little to nothing and 
just willing to show that you got some heart and you're going to find a whole community of people that will let you in, that will support you, they'll love you. You understand what I'm saying? But with the power, like I was saying, corrupting, you will get people to take advantage of it because they know if it's based on respect, they can tell you, hey, if you want your respect, you got to earn it. You got to go do this. And they'll send you on a crash out mission. They'll send you on a dummy mission. And they do that with the little homies a lot. And that was that's a hierarchy thing. You know, back then they wasn't giving kids no time for holding drugs and all this. So it's a little bit of using going on by the older people. But it's not as wicked as you may think, because whether or not you're aware of it, every relationship you've had, I don't care from your parents down to your girlfriend, boyfriend, to friends. Every relationship is based on us using each other. Now, using someone sounds bad, but it's not a bad thing unless you abuse it. If you misuse somebody, that's what's wrong. To use somebody, you can use somebody for an ear. You could use them for a shoulder. You know what I'm saying? If you're going through something. And, you know, there's no malice in that. But it's when you get to using people to exploit them. You know what I'm saying? Using them wrong way. So, you know, when they get to the gangbang and you see outsiders talking about the shit and they're like, that's so stupid. Like they want to die over colors or they're going to die over a street that they don't own. That's like that's like someone that's not educated in math trying to tell you how to do algebra or trigonometry. They don't even know what the fuck they talking about. There's not anybody in gangs dislike. I'm, I hate you because, you know, you wear a different color. Nah, you see, the color is representative of you being from a different area of town. And where it gets stupid at is you're indoctrinated into having a problem with this person that's across town or in a neighboring uh, gang because of something stupid nine times out of ten. These decade-long gang wars between certain neighborhoods they might be based in someone taking someone else's girlfriend, man. And a lot of times they are. But you don't understand it. You just, you know, for context, let's say you was from Rolling 60s. I just use Rolling 60s because it's like the most famous gang. You know what I'm saying? Out. Now, you from Rolling 60s, you get in the gang and someone explaining it to you like who's an ally, who's an enemy. They going to tell you off top. Eight Trey gangsters and amigos. You don't like them. They don't like you. It's on site. A Trey Gangsters, in case you don't know, is Crips. So this is a Crip on Crip thing, and it's been going on forever. Most of the people involved in it probably couldn't tell you what the beef's about. They just know it's up. Well, let me stop that to say one thing. And since we was talking about the 60s, I wanted to bring up Nip. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. When Nipsey Hussle died, and you got you seen the reaction from L.A., you had eight trade gangsters that was sad, hurt, crying. You had Inglewood families. You had people from every neighborhood that don't get along with the Rolling 60s that had enough love and respect for Nipsey Hussle for whatever reason that they was able to do a peace treaty and they all lined up. They let Nip's caravan from his funeral leave Staples Center and ride through these rival neighborhoods and it was none but love. This is someone that transcended gang banging, but stayed engulfed in gang culture. 
you know, I've been I've been on Nip shit since the beginning. I met him a couple times. I'm not gonna act like I was a friend of his. He he wouldn't have known my name or nothing, but I've been in his presence, shook hands with him more than a couple times. And he just had an aura about him. As much as he had an aura about him, as well read as he was, as smart as he was, as forward thinking as he was, he also was a rolling 60 crit. Don't ever get that fucked up. You understand what I'm saying? But he wasn't using his neighborhood to press a line. He was just repping where he was from. If you're not familiar with his music besides Victory Lap, because that's what everyone jumped on when he passed, you know, double back and listen to um, Hustle in the House. Double back and listen to Hustle in the House. That's all Rolling 60 shit. And even back before Nip, I remember they had a Bloods and Crips uh like a record, Bloods and Chris banging on wax. And the hardest song that came off of that was Pyru Love. And if you ain't familiar with gang banging, that's basically a blood song. And rest in peace to Bloody Mary, man, you know. She from Ohio for real. Y'all don't even know that, but check it out. Rest in peace to Bloody Mary. She had the hardest verse on that song. I know Crips that sing that shit to this day. It transcended. You understand what I'm saying? So I say all that to say gang members... They, they're the same thing. They just grew up in a different section from each other. So you can still relate on a human level if you can remove the ignorance. The ignorance is, I want to kill you because I'm from this neighborhood and I don't even know why. I don't have a personal beef with you. It's just because you're from over there, I'm from over here. That's the ignorant part of gangbanging. And that's the part that's, that's the hardest to get past because it's been tr- treaties and truces and shit you know, as far as California game banging goes. And that shit don't ever last too long because as soon as someone get out of pocket, it's right back on. Now, when you get to the Midwest or down south, you know what I'm saying? It's not as much bloods and crips. It's a little bit more now because it's it's gentrified. Gang bang is gentrified. But, you know, that's the folk nation, the people nation, five and six point stars. And they move a little bit different. But... Those guys are those guys are really structured for war, not for beef. They really structured for war. Like you could do your research. There's someone that came out of that. I'm not saying no names. Like I said, I'm not doing homework for you. You could look it up, man. Them guys was in talks with a foreign country to buy missiles and bombs and shit. I, I couldn't make it up if I wanted to. You understand what I'm saying? But they do have the same back and forth, you know, between... Latin Kings, GDs, BDs, Vice Lords, five and six. Let's just say that they got the same back and forth and it's the same type of shit. It's like you're taught to hate them off top. But these aren't stupid people. These aren't like small time street punks that don't know shit about shit. A lot of these people that was in charge, <laughs> they, they could run a Fortune 500 company. Do you understand that there's a hierarchy to gang banging? Do you understand there's a leader, there's a, a VP, vice president, depending, you know, they might be called something different depending on what section they from. There's a treasurer. You ain't know, huh? Gang, a lot of gang banging is really intricate and it's, it's really like ran like a company. Only problem is the product that they're selling or pushing is violence or drugs. You understand what I'm saying? But. You have to always understand what it's rooted in before you judge it. And then you maybe you'll get why people hang on to it so tough. Community restoration and progress. 
Growth and development. This is progress right here. If, if you tapped in and you understand, you're going to get what I just said. If you're not, you're going to have to Google it or something. But we ain't gonna, I'm not just going to have a platform and talk about what I talk about without saying I'm not going to accept the narrative people push, the outsiders that don't know no better, that want to jump into some shit and judge and say what something is. You don't even, you ain't even read the book, homie. You don't know what that is. So just stick to your own script. I'm not no gangbanger, man. I'm from a neighborhood, which I wouldn't mention my neighborhood because in the event this podcast shit worked out and I just said a neighborhood on here and they do something, you know, y'all ain't hit me with the Rico Suave. I'm cool on that. I'm smart, but I'm not no active gangbanger. I got friends from every gang. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that. There's a respect between us. It's not a standoff. It's a respect. So this goes with everything. You can't really respect government and think that it's legitimate and don't respect gangbanging. It's the same thing. Why is it different through people's eyes? Because these are old white men that wear suits and, and young black men that sag their pants. Who killed more people? Who killed more people? Let that sink in, man. Play with something safe, you know what I'm saying? I've been talking about the Roe v. Wade shit and the backlash that came and both sides of the coin when it comes to abortion rights. There's a story going right now that is the biggest problem with all this, okay? So I'm from Ohio, Northeast Ohio to be specific. I'm from Ohio. Been gone for a long time, but that's where I'm from. I see a news story that there was a 10-year-old girl 10, not 16, 17, 10 years old. A 10-year-old girl was raped in Ohio. And a lot of the right-wing people were calling her a liar, right? Well, that's kind of jumping ahead in the story. But she was raped by an adult man. We call him a man. He's an animal. She was raped by this animal, and he got her pregnant. Now, Ohio, being a red state, being conservative, they lean towards the state deciding that abortion weren't going to happen there. This 10-year-old girl, traumatized from being raped by an adult animal, had to travel to a neighboring state to have an abortion. She had to go to Indiana to terminate the pregnancy because she didn't want to carry the baby of her rapist, let alone the fact she's 10 years old. She is carrying the baby of her rapist. She had to travel outside of the state to have an abortion. Now, back to what I was saying, there was some people on the conservative side of things that were calling the girl a liar. saying she just slept with the guy, which you got to be kind of sick in the head to justify an adult man slash animal sleeping with a 10 year old and saying she gave consent. But they were calling her a liar. Until this motherfucker confessed, said he done it. So now they're deleting tweets and backtracking statements. You see what I'm saying? The mentality when it comes to this shit. Don't don't be mistaken. Roe v. Wade is not a human rights issue. It is a political issue. Whenever we have an issue in the hands of politics, morality is out the window. It's all about choosing a side. So these motherfuckers standing on this shit on the side of political shit 
could give a fuck less about this 10-year-old girl being raped and this monster that did it to her, they want the baby. They want the baby to come because they've taken away women's rights. In this case, they've taken away a child's right. You know, if we're being honest and transparent, there's a small likelihood that a 10-year-old is even physically able to carry a child to term. So had she not had a way or, you know, someone to take her outside the state to get an abortion, it was a good likelihood she was not going to carry the baby to term and probably the baby would pass away and it probably fuck her up worse because she's not developed. She's 10 years old. And I know kids are growing up faster and shit, all this shit in the food, people are developing earlier, but this is a 10-year-old. Where's the humanity in that? This, A lot of people's stance on Roe v. Wade that are coming from the conservative standpoint, the pro-life standpoint, is biblical. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's all rooted in religion and shit. What is the likelihood to impregnate somebody. You have to understand like the process of fertilizing and you know what I'm saying? Becoming pregnant. It's, it's not a big chance of doing it. Actually, when you run by the numbers, like everything have to fall into the right key for it to work. A woman has to be ovulating. A man has to have a sperm count. It has to be all at once. And you know, it's real intricate. So They'll say, oh, well, you know, for all that stuff to happen, every birth is a blessing. But if you're running off of the Bible and you're trying to use the Bible as your scapegoat or religion as your scapegoat to justify this, you have to understand in the Bible, there's good and evil. So everything that happens is not ordained. It's not a blessing by God because there is evil. And I think we all can agree Hopefully that, you know, good wins out, but evil dominates the earth. Look at how we live. Look how we move. Look how we act and how we treat each other. You understand what I'm saying? Evil dominates the earth. Whether or not you want to accept that, it's up to you. But if you don't want to accept that, then your eyes are closed. You got your fingers in your ears. You don't want to hear it. You're doing it. Nah, 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 nah. You don't want to hear it. It's the truth. But, you know, it is what it is. This is the world we live in right now. This is the type of story you're going to start seeing more and more of, unfortunately, since they decided to scale back this, you know, women's rights issue, which is actually politics. So prayers out to the 10 year old girl that went through a terrible ordeal that was made worse by the laws of this country and the laws of that state. And to the dude that did it. Sure, you won't hear this shit, man. Hopefully, you'll kill yourself in the cell or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But just that's evil on earth, man. That's pure evil on earth. There's no place for it. And you can't convince me. I don't give a fuck what book you put or read or chapter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Testimony you got out of a Bible or whatever religious book. You cannot convince me that that's a blessing. What is 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 a tragedy. So, you know, once again... Prayers out to that girl, that young girl and her family. And hopefully, you know, something will change. It, it seems like everything's changing the wrong way, but I don't know. That's where we at, y'all. So, man, on some other shit, it's a video going around social media where Styles P of the Locks and I also want to say uh, Pharmacy for Life because that's where I get a lot of my supplements from. 
Anyway, Styles P is home in Yonkers, New York, not at home, but in his hometown. And it was an incident where the police was manhandling a, a woman. Um, the woman was like, I think she was maybe a stud or something, because you can hear them saying in the video, like, that's a girl. But she, you know, she kind of looked a little manly. But they was being heavy handed with her, man. And um, to his credit, Styles P blew down on the police, called them bitches to their face. And just really interjected in it where it couldn't go too far. Now, he didn't record it. It was another person recording it. And I've always said my problem with these vigilante recorders is that if you got a phone in your hand, you're not doing shit. So I've made a promise to everyone I come across. If I was to see the police doing something they shouldn't do to a black person, I'm going to physically get involved. I w there will be no recording from my phone. And... I just wanted to salute Styles P because outside of all the other good stuff he does in the black community on the ground floor level, far as having juice bars and, you know, strategically puts those in food deserts for black people. You know, he has a nutrition line again, like I said, pharmacy for life. I would recommend their products while we're here. Um, pharmacy is spelled with an F. I'm not being paid to promote it or anything. I just love the products and who is coming from what it stands for. So, you know, on the ground level, he's doing these things for black people, but he's also, as a celebrity, as a well-off celebrity, he's interjecting where he sees police misusing their power. So it's all cool when people, you know, record an incident and share it and get everyone in the uproar, you know, rest in peace to George Floyd. That cop sat on George Floyd's neck, you know, for all that time, around nine minutes, and somebody could have physically got that cop off of him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they could have saved his life. They probably would have got their ass beat and arrested too. But this, these are the sacrifices we need to make for this type of shit to, like, not be accepted anymore. For them to know that we're not going to stand around and record when a miscarriage of justice is coming. So I wanted to give love to Styles P for that because that is a situation that, any of us could find ourselves in, and I would hope that the most of us who consider ourselves to be protectors, you know, would, would act in that same way. So much love, SP, man. Do your thing. And on a low note, I don't want to say another note. I'll say a low note because this is some low shit. Um, Orlando Brown popped back up, which is always a, you know, always an interesting situation, but... This nigga gets on the interview with some guy. I don't know what the platform was, man. That guy says something about Bow Wow. And then Orlando, as a matter of fact, they were talking about 106 in Park. Orlando Brown said, you know, he ain't watched it since it was, since Bow Wow was running it. You know, Bow Wow used to be Mr. 106 in Park. So it started off innocently enough. Then, you know, the interviewer said, hey, you got a problem with Bow Wow? <laughs> And Orlando Brown looked him dead in his face and said, nah, man, Bow Wow got some bomb-ass pussy. That nigga said Bow Wow got some bomb-ass pussy. Now, he a little off his shit, right? He's supposedly been clean or whatever. I don't know. Is he trolling or is he back on drugs? But Shad Moss, I don't think he's going to appreciate a nigga saying he got some bomb-ass pussy, man. So I'm looking forward to see what... When Bow Wow strikes back, it's a sticky situation, man. I, I wasn't ready for that shit. I'm sure y'all wasn't either. 
Orlando Brown, brother, man, they praying for you, man. You know, I hope that it's just you trolling. I hope this guy's not back on drugs and, and running amok, but yeah.